welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome back in. It's the Asylum Fantasy Football Show on a good-looking Friday. Joined, as always, by Rick Briggs and conspicuous in his continued absence, Alejandro Finkelstein. Uh, You'll have to go back and listen to Chaos and Disorder if you haven't to find out what happened there. That ill-fated night with Mitch is what our suspicion is. (laughs) Rick, we got one week of NFL preseason in the books. Week two underway, three if you're the Steelers and the Cowboys, but we don't count that. I think we're going to have some fun today. We'll get a little bit of headlines, but then we're going to overreact because that's what we do as football fans, as fantasy football players. We're going to overreact to what we've seen so far in the preseason. I'm going to freak out. Well, I am just glad that you have tuned into the asylum because, you know, we we have, like, branded ourselves the last four or five years as the voice of common sense in fantasy football. And if you get on Twitter (laughs) – these there are, and I'm not certainly not all of them. There's there's a lot of them that that we really respected and are good friends with. But there are a lot of these guys out here. They will throw out the most ridiculous tweet in the freaking world because somebody ran for ten yards. Right. Oh yeah. And and that's what we're gonna do in jest. So oh, it's not gonna be in jest. I'm all in, Rick. Oh, I am all okay. in all right. on a few things. It, it, it's going to be hot take central from here no actually we're, we're gonna play another old game i'm bringing back all the oldies all the goodies well, i think i am hold on i guess i should have looked before i did this well, i guess we're not i don't have the sounder for it well, do you have the for real sand sounder on there for real and yeah, do you remember that game i thought i really don't finkelstein take it off the board yeah i got it there it is why yes. isn't it on my board oh no there it is i just didn't see it I'd apologize to Finkelstein, but I don't care what he thinks, and he didn't show up for he work today. He may be today, dead anyway. So, yeah, there's a 50% chance, I'd say. 49%. Right. So, let's get into it. Just a couple of headlines. Luckily, Rick, it seems to be very few headlines so far this yeah. week, which, which is good to, good to see no major injuries. Well, the thing is, week three has yet yeah. to be played, and that's when the – the players of consequence get a few reps, and that's when I always, you know, white-knuckle it yeah. the whole time. I'm actually heading down tomorrow, Rick, to Heinz Field to check out Detroit and uh, and the Steelers. So, so get this one. This is uh, – I know you get in trouble forever criticizing any COVID restrictions, right? You're supposed to like it, but I like this one. I don't have to wear a mask when I walk into the stadium or in the concourse. Right. As a man of uh, – of taste, Rick, I decided to spring for the club level, the club section. So I do have to wear my mask in the club section, like in the club lounge or in the bathroom. But then as soon as I enter into the seating bowl, I can then remove it. So Heinz Field will be very COVID safe. The Delta ain't getting me there, I promise you that. <laughs> so right. I can walk through the concourse, no no Delta. But if I go into the club lounge, that's where the Delta lives and in the bathroom. So I'm going to put my yeah. mask on. And then when I go sit down beside all those drunkards out in the seating bowl, no no Delta there. No. They're, they're, Might be Delta Plus in the club lounge. 
Wait, there won't be anything alive in that bathroom after the second quarter. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. So, just just a minor annoyance. I just got that email from the Steelers this afternoon, but whatever. I'll play along. Well, good. We can uh, expect a full report. Oh, and, yeah. and some media from the game. Yeah, there, there'll great. be some Dwayne Haskins hot takes coming because awesome. I got a few. But Rick, some good injury news so far, but but weird injury news. Carson Wentz now on target to be back for week one we went from what was it seven to seven five to, to 12 five weeks, to 12 weeks. Yeah. there was a seven week gap which seemed odd now it's down to four weeks and same for for the offensive lineman as well so good news but what's going on with in the medical department with the eagles i don't know i mean and you're always dubious about these kind of reports that come out. It's like, oh, okay, good, he's he's well. And then all of a sudden, at the 11th hour, he's he's had a bit of a setback. Yeah. He's questionable. When or, I said or, the Eagles, Wentz plays for the Colts right, now, yeah, I'm given Colts. to understand. Breaking news. We should get a breaking news sound. <laughs> yeah. For any Asylum listeners, be, be aware, Carson Wentz is now in Indianapolis. Well, here's our breaking news sound. Ajayi. Oh, <laughs> I like it. That's, that's perfect. But I, good news for Jonathan Taylor, right? This all comes down to Jonathan Taylor. Maybe Michael Pittman for me. Look, I, Carson Wentz isn't Aaron Rodgers coming into town. But from what I saw, you know, if I want to overreact to one week of preseason games, he's, brace yourself, Rick, an upgrade over Sam Ellinger, right? So be, be prepared well, for yeah, that. Yeah, and that was something that, that I wanted to touch on during the show a little bit, kind of segues into it. We'll get right back to you, but – that that's a great example right there with, with a Carson Wentz. Um, for example, say you're you're in your uh, fantasy league. I and, hope to be soon. And you're drafting. I don't know. I'm just trying to think, but, but brings up Indy and somebody close. Say you're thinking between. I don't know. Um, a T. Y. Hilton. Okay. And <clears throat> somebody else comparable on, All a, right. on a team. Now, how much does it influence? Say, say you're leaning Hilton. You you like that kid, okay? Or kid? I mean, he's quite the yeah, better. Probably now. older than you at this yeah. point. But say you look at Indianapolis. How much does it influence you if you look at, um, okay, say Buffalo for example, and maybe not the greatest example, but but he's actually had some success. So around T.Y. Hilton, I'll help you out here, Rick. Russell Gage, Elijah Moore, Devontae Parker, Rashad Bateman, Nelson Aguilar, Randall Cobb, Emmanuel Sanders in Buffalo, if you want to use that Buffalo example. A.J. Green, so he he's down there. A.J. Green's Arizona. Um, okay, but say Wentz. Okay, say you're leaning towards a Hilton. All right. Now, all of a sudden, Wentz has a setback. You're looking at Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger, okay? If you're looking at another team, and we'll go with Chicago. Okay. Say Mooney's close to him. He's he's higher. I know that. But you have Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. How much of that influence, even if you're leaning towards Hilton, you're sitting here thinking, okay, you know, Andy Dalton isn't great, but, you know, the Rocket – has a little more pedigree than Erlinger. Yeah, it in in this scenario, it actually matters a lot to me. Maybe three or four rounds earlier in my fantasy draft, I actually factor it in less. 
because I think when you're looking at these guys, the, the number one thing, and every fantasy owner listening to this knows this, and if you don't, listen up. After predicted performance, right, Expect, expected performance, number two is predicted and expected opportunity, right? And here's right. the thing. T.Y. Hilton probably the third wide receiver on this team right now. If we're using Mooney, is he the, he's probably the second wide yeah, receiver. Oh, but right. for argument's sake, let's say he's the third wide receiver. So that's, that's the first differentiator. Now, when you talk about somebody with a bad quarterback situation, if you're the number one wide receiver with a bad quarterback, I can live with that. It's going to affect your draft slot, but it doesn't put you on my foobar list, right? right? If you're the late second, third receiver – on a mediocre team, now with Sam Ellinger at the quarterback position, right. now you're on that foobar list, right? So I, I think as you get later in the draft, that becomes more important. But you've got to agree that Carson Wentz is an upgrade over either of those guys, which most reasonable people do, but most fantasy players yeah. aren't reasonable people. And I've seen some hard line – Hard line takes either way, but but I, I think it's a big factor. I, I know I talked last week about that affecting my outlook with, with Wentz being out for 12 weeks would affect my outlook on Jonathan Taylor. And I wanted to come here today and take that back. The more I thought about it, again, he's going to have the opportunities. Maybe the end game numbers aren't as high early on as a defense can key on him, but that was a stupid take I had last week. And I don't remember if I said it out loud or I was just thinking it. So I may really be telling on myself if I didn't actually say it. But I think those upper echelon guys, you have to temper expectations. It could take somebody from, say, the second tier of wide receivers to the third if there's if there's a bad quarterback situation. But when you get down here, I think it gets really important because opportunity right. cost is very limited. And so now you're counting on other factors such as a, a bad quarterback situation. Right. You know, and, and there are some teams. I, just, I picked out a few. I mean, I have them all in front of me, so if you have any questions yourself. But, I mean, like the AFC East, you got New England, Miami, and Buffalo. Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky, Buffalo. Big difference, however, yeah. Trubisky isn't, like, unheard of. No. Okay? He... Tua and Brissett. That jury, to me, is out on Tua and Brissett. Has had a modicum of success, right? You know, at other teams, Cam Newton, Mac Jones, same thing, really. I mean, you know, all the hypes on Mac Jones, and Cam Newton isn't what he is, but he's still Cam Newton and can get it done, right? Uh, ben Haskins and Rudolph don't really know what kind of Ben we're getting this year, and and what we've seen with Haskins, and we'll go right back to you because I know you wanted to oh, talk about him scouting a that bit. hard, but. Uh, you know, but then you go to the other way, um, Deshaun Watson. I mean, you're looking at Tyrod Taylor, Jeff Driscoll. I mean, it's already a miserable situation, yeah, right? Yeah, it wasn't good to begin yeah, with. Yeah, Dak. Yeah, it gets real. He's looking at Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci. I do love – I like Ben DiNucci personally. I've met him a few times uh, when he was at Pitt, right. and I root for him. But, but yeah, that kind of hurts my Amari Cooper shares if Ben DiNucci ends up starting for that team. And, and here's another one. How important is Aaron Rodgers? You got Jordan Love who's already hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and the the Packers hate him and so I think you as a fa fantasy owner should hate him. But in there there's I think the perfect case, right? Devontae Adams is still if that's a, that's a good question. Let me pose that to you. 
I'm going to assume, or let's assume, maybe you feel differently. With Aaron Rodgers there, Devontae Adams is your number one overall wide receiver. He is receiver. my number, yes. If Aaron Rodgers, if they announced today he took the took a job on Jeopardy instead of Blossom in the in the weird producer guy, or he got on some you know banana boat and just disappeared since he decided he was a hippie, how far, if at all, does Devontae Adams drop for you? Oh, there's not at all. I mean, because he does fall. Okay, now I'm taking Tyreek Hill over him. Okay. I'm taking Stephon Diggs over him. And I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins over him. And probably Calvin Ridley. Okay. So that puts him at about five or six for you. Yeah, and maybe so, like even I Metcalf. About, so I mean, it knocks him, knocks him from the first tier to the second tier, yeah. which is what I talked about. Whereas exactly. if if Devontae Adams were, who was the original, T.Y. Hilton, right. it might knock him off your draft list. I, I think that that's what we're looking at here. Right. That's where the difference lies. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, pay attention to quarterback injuries going into the season, whether or not they say they're fine or not, depending on what kind of that injury that was last year, last week's show it was season long nag, soft tissues, yeah. all this kind of stuff. Man, they're scary. And you worried about Dak? I mean, they seem to be downplaying it. It's still I'm, very early. I'm a little worried that he's already suffering, you know, quote unquote arm fatigue. I mean, hell, it just started. What jumped out to me is I don't know. I'm sure it was widely talked about on, on social media or in the news reports. I didn't read any of them. But in the first episode of Hard Knocks, when they first discussed this, and Jerry Jones had brought in the trainers and the doctors from the Texas Rangers. Now, I don't know of many quarterbacks, I'm sure it's happened, get Tommy John surgery. But if they're that concerned with yeah. the shoulder and the arm that they're bringing in, you know, professional baseball pitchers, doctors, that's more than a strain, more than uh, he sat out for a year and he blew his arm out early in camp. That, that made me nervous. Now he's coming back. He's back in practice. It's right. probably fine, but but it's something. What I don't like is you know he's not going to play one snap in the preseason now. We're not right. going to know till week one. And that's the problem. Do you remember <clears throat> Andrew Luck? Right. Remember we talked about him? It's like, my God, this guy takes a long time to heal. Because right. you never yeah. really know the the totality and the seriousness of the injury because they won't let it out of the, the cat out of the bag right. to the public. But when he has – I even forget what it was now. But it was like, you know, three weeks. Was he three, AC? Was he the shoulder? I can't, could, yeah, I can't something remember. Like that, and it just kept going on and on and on. It's like, what is wrong with this kid? I just hope it's not something like that with Dak Prescott. Yeah, I just I, – I worry with that. Look, you, you wear your shoulder out, you strain something. You, all that happens early in the preseason, especially when you miss the bulk of the season prior and maybe it's just precaution and Jerry Jones being smart. And actually, his history would tell me that's probably it. But, boy, you bring in those type of people that quickly makes me nervous. Now, the good news with Dak, the good news with hard knocks is we're going to see more than we would if this was a quarterback who was not on hard knocks, right? Because we know he's not going to play in the preseason. Right. You know they're going to focus on him. I'm sure they can divert away from what they want to, but we'll know a little bit more, at least in terms of actually how much he's practicing. So so good for hard knocks. I think that's on tonight, actually. i got to make sure to, to sit down and watch that. Is it on Fridays? I, I can't. No, it, what, oh, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. No, it's on Tuesday. So right. I need to watch it. I miss Tuesday. Yeah. 
I don't know. Do you record them things? I I don't even record stuff. Anymore. I've got the the uh, the Max, the the app, the HBO Max. So I get behind. I got to get on recording again because there's too much your, to miss. Your VHS tapes and getting that VCR <laughs> set. <Max>. Beta, <laughs> Beta Max. Curtis Samuel back at practice for Washington. That's not really news, but I'm curious. Washington's getting a lot of run, and when we do our preview show here, probably in the next couple of weeks, yeah. I think we'll talk more about that. What do you think Curtis Samuel's ceiling is? Does he have meaningful fantasy production? <sighs> meaningful, yes. Not dynamic by any stretch. I mean, look, look Terry McLaurin. Uh, I, just with Fitzpatrick flinging it around, I think there's – you know, the possibility of significant production, but I think it's going to be very inconsistent. Right. I mean, you still have Logan Thomas, you got Gibson, and of course you have McLaurin is the big dog. So, yeah, I mean, worth rostering to count on starting? No. No. Well, no, no. He's not going to be a fantasy starter. But I I just – I think he's an interesting case, right? We we always had the debate, was it – him or Kelvin Benjamin, and then was it him or more? And now we know it's not going to be McLaurin, but is it, is it him and one of the six receivers named Sims they have in Washington? <laughs> you, you know, I'm yeah. just I'm curious. He's always intrigued me. He there's something there that that intrigues me about him. Yeah, you've had a few of those over yeah, the years. Yeah, yeah, you know how it. Let's go. It's Skyline. All right, last one, Rick. I just say that. Uh, do you believe that you you tend to be a bit cynical? No. Just a little. I am probably the most cheery, positive person. Yeah, that's not true. In this true. county. No, that's just nonsense. Maybe the state. Blasphemy. You're a blasphemer. You're calling me negative or whatever the hell you called me was blasphemy. Uh, I call, what did I call you? Now I, I forget. Know. A downer or something. Uh, this, this show's stupid. Uh, Matt Nagy says, as of now, Andy Dalton is still the QB1 in Chicago. Do you believe that for one second? No. I mean, it's it's just ludicrous. The only, <clears throat> the only reason I can think him ever starting Andy Dalton as week one is if Matt Nagy actually thinks if his quarterback's going to die at the hands of of Donald, let it be Andy Dalton in week <laughs> Sacrifice one. Andy Dalton to the <laughs> god of Donald. Yeah, yeah, because Aaron Donald probably will get his hands on the quarterback. It's kind uh, of his thing, yeah. But, no, I. in all reality, how can you? You moved up in the draft. You have all this draft capital in him. And I know people, well, you need to develop and everything. Look, in this division – with Green Bay, now that Aaron Rodgers is back, I still think Minnesota's going to be better. Um, you better get off to a start or you're not going to be in the playoff run very long. And I don't think you can afford to have Andy Dalton in there. No, no. And and, and we're running out of time for this episode, and I, I want to get to the game and talk some actual fantasy football. But go back and listen to Chaos and Disorder. We have a good long discussion about Justin Fields in, in the week one performance and, and how I'm overreacting to that one. But let's get to it, Rick. What yeah. I want to know, we got to overreact to one week okay, of preseason football. So what I want to know, uh, we just put together a list of performances from the preseason. I just want to know, is it – are you for real? Is this the real deal, Rick? So I'm going to start out 
I know this is going to be our new Ajayi, I think. I struggle with this name. Ramondre, I think I have that right. Ramondre Stevenson running back for the Patriots. Ten carries, a buck 27, and two touches. Of course, one of them being a 91-yard touchdown, but still comes out to a tidy four yards per carry on the rest of the – well, for the rest of his, uh, what was it, uh, nine carries that he had. Yeah. Still got Sony Michelle in town, although rumors he could be get be getting cut. Damian Harris was the darling of all us fantasy folks going into the offseason here. Ramondre Stevens, Rick. I don't know. Wrong button. Yeah, but I Wrong button. Are you for real? Stevenson. He's he's just typical of the New England backs of the last decade. Okay. Somebody may be hot. You know the the last the last Patriot running back I felt comfortable drafting. Corey Dillon. It was not even Corey Dillon because you never knew. I mean, although he was good, it was Kevin Falk. Well, you could yeah. get him in the 12th or 13th round, and he was a nice plug and play. Oh, yeah. And how many decades ago was that? But it's, it's yeah, Corey Dillon is, is probably the last real New England running back right. that you could count on for use. Game in, game out. Yeah, and that's the problem, right? I, I roster both him and Harris, Stevenson and Harris, but I don't think I go in expecting anything of him. Because here's the thing. Here's my here's your concern with New England, and I'm not breaking news to anybody who's been playing fantasy football for a long time. Stevenson could do this all throughout the preseason, do it in weeks one, two, and three of the regular season, and then not touch the ball for four weeks. Yeah. And it could be Damian Harris doing the same thing, and this just happens right. over and over again. I think you roster both these guys. I think these guys, along with the guys in Buffalo, you know, they, they seem to be mirroring that up in Buffalo. If I'm going to roster one, I'm going to try to roster both and just try to play the game, and you never want to hope somebody gets hurt, but hope one of them gets hurt, right? Then they'll just re-sign Michelle and give him 46 carries because I still do think he's going to be cut. But yeah, I think it's for real, right? I, I really do, but... Talent-wise, probably, yeah. but... yeah, And I even caution you say, oh, yeah, you roster these guys. It depends on where you have to roster them at. Give me a Neam Hines. Give me a Latavius Murray that you know... Week in and week out, we'll have some sort of production. True, true. You know, the, a Patriot, like you say, may have 32 fantasy points in week one and zero next week. Well, Zero yeah. the following week. Ten the next week. Zero and 38 again. I mean, you just have no clue with every New England running back, and they drive me freaking crazy. Yeah, it's a short drive if we're being fair. That's fair point. All right. Rick, uh, who we got here? Javante Williams running back in Denver. We'll give you the stats here. Five rushes, 29 yards. That's a tidy 5.8 yards per carry. Had a TV a TV yeah. or a TD called back due oh. to a BS holding penalty. why they called us TV back. It must uh, not have been having a good picture yeah. or something. I don't you, know. you get those recalls that happen. It's, <laughs> it's, it's those junk Walmart. Well, you know, the Black yeah. Friday sales right. or the weird brand you never heard of. And you all know. the slobs have knocked over six right. times, killing each other trying to get it. So, so I, I bring him up. This wasn't some epic you know, performance he had, but he looks solid, looks good in the offense. He's been getting a lot of yeah, runs. Of His has. ADP's on the rise, but I think people were forgetting Melvin Gordon's still in town. Javante Williams, is he for real? 
Maybe, but like you said, Melvin Gordon is in town, and again, it's down to steady production. You are not going to bench Melvin Gordon, and it's going to be split workload at best, I would think. Well, and that's what I think even Gordon's ADP reflects that, being at 31. Right. I think absent Javante Williams – yeah, he he's solidly in the RB two camp where now he's kind of a an early on RB three. I think both these guys are flex plays, right? They're going to have quarterback play. They're not going to be the most dynamic of offenses. They're going to have competent whoever they wind up with, a competent quarterback. But this isn't going to be you know Air Coriel like you like to say no. all the time. The running game is going to be a big part of it. Passing two running backs is going to be a big part of their offense. Both of these guys can be successful. I think both of these guys are flex plays. I don't see, barring injury, one emerging above the other. I think a good, solid two running back stable is going to be the the kind of the linchpin of this Broncos offense. So I do too. Roster them both, or either or both, but they're flex plays at best. Yeah, and you know Melvin Gordon actually. From way back his rookie year, we kept saying, you know, don't give up on him because the kid runs hard. Remember, he had no scores with San Diego right. that year and so forth. Oh, that was the most frustrating year ever. Yeah. It felt like he rushed for 11 <laughs> yards a carry and then never scored. Yeah, but he's been scoring some touchdowns. He's going to get uh, ends or goal line looks. And, yeah, I mean, I, I just think, like you said, this is just going to be – look, and with questionable quarterback play – these running backs are going to play a big part, both of them. Right, exactly. All right, Rick. Marquez Callaway, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, coming off a three-catch, 61-yard performance. Somebody's got to do it, Rick, is Mr. Callaway. He could be. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen enough of them to really make a decision, but with the – Lack of depth at wide receiver, and I just have a feeling that Jameis Winston is going to be turned loose this year, and there's going to be a lot of balls in the air. And so I would definitely keep your eye on Mr. Callaway as things progress because somebody's going to be catching these passes. And, and, and that's the point. I think if we want to have an overreaction to the preseason, I think already, if there was any doubt, Jameis Winston's beat out Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's going to stay in that slash role. He he's, reminds me of Cordell Stewart. He, Hell, he may be catching passes. I, I think that's a possibility. I really do. But I think you know, Winston wins this job. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is going to have a, the biggest piece in that offense. But Michael Thomas is out, what, at least oh. 12 games? I don't think yeah. he's ever coming back with everything that's going on. He may show up to get his year's worth of seniority in. But I would not be counting on much from him. And and what I worry about is I didn't see much from Traquan Smith last year, right? I think he was supposed to be that guy, next guy that stood up, stepped right. up when when uh, when Thomas was down and hurt last year. You know, Tommy Lee Lewis. It's a cool name, and he'll make a big play now and again. But they don't have that dynamic number one guy. We've seen Jameis Winston will lean on that dynamic number one guy. See, see in the subtext, Mike Evans. Uh, there, there's going to be somebody. Callaway seems to fit the bill better. His skill set matches up better with a Michael Thomas. 
Somebody there is going to have a big year. Yeah, probably still wide receiver two. This just isn't the traditional Saints offense. Somebody's going to have a top 24 performance, at least while Michael Thomas is out. I think it's Callaway. I, I really do. And here's here's something to, to bear in mind. Right now, you know, keep keep your eye on them because right now every wide receiver on New Orleans is roll the dice. Michael Thomas was Drew Brees' guy. Right. Well, that's true. If you think about it, it didn't matter who was there. Nobody took – anytime Thomas wasn't in there, there was nobody else really reliable. No one has ever stepped up. You you had your Willie Sneed. You had, like you said, Traycon Smith and and a few other guys named Bob that come running around, catch a few balls. But it was always Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. This is a whole new ball game. Drew Drew Brees, Jameis Winston may just find his guy. Right. I mean, he kind of did it with Godwin. True. And, you know, and it was kind of a luxury to have Evans in there as well. But, you know, he, he really did. He zeroed in on Godwin a lot, and he just may do that. Callaway right now seems to be have the most promise. Right. Pay attention to them. I mean, we have a couple more games to watch. It's yeah. about it. I'd rot again. I keep saying is I would roster both, and for the price yeah. you pay, it, it's not an expensive price to do it. That's either. true. Somebody's going to have to emerge here. All right, Rick. I bring this up as I often do to to have another discussion. But Jarek McKinnon, if you weren't aware, is now in Kansas yeah. City. Three catches, nineteen yards. Two catch or three runs, nineteen yards. Two receptions, twenty-one yards. Kind of looks like, a, if you project it out, a stat line you would expect for Jarek McKinnon after a couple injury-played years is? I think for the role that he will have in Kansas City, I think definitely. Because I think he has all the tools. Right. He, he's had, like you said, a couple of injury-plagued uh, seasons. But this is Kansas City, and you're going to have, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there. Okay, he's going to be the workhorse. But we also saw Damian Harris, right, have a big game. Well, it was it was um, was that the Super Bowl? Yeah, he had the big well, game. Well, Damian his, Harris plays not, for New England, so oh, who he thinking? didn't have a big Williams, game. But Damian Williams, Williams yeah. I apologize. Yes, he had the big game in the Super Bowl where everybody thought he should have got the MVP and so forth. So yeah, he's going to certainly carve out a role for himself. If he could just stay healthy, that's the thing that. Well, yeah, that's, you hate to hang, you know, the old injury-prone but tag he has on suddenly somebody. become. But so far, he has been. You remember, he's no spring chicken either. He was also in Minnesota. Was the heir apparent when Adrian Peterson was gone? Couldn't beat out Matt Asiata. Asiata, exactly, and. Actually, I had Rossard Osiata, who hawked, I don't know how many touchdowns oh, that year. all of year. them, every damn one it, of them. It, it and then he just like started it. hawking all of the work by and the end of that season. And then he got a huge contract with San Francisco and is yet really to play. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he got that big deal. You thought he was going to be the next guy. I, I, right. I'm not mistaken. I He was a second-round pick or third-round pick that I first think. year in San Francisco. He was, he was high on fantasy boards, and I know I was high on him. That's why I bring this up. You know, I wonder what – if anything, this would mean for Clyde Edwards-Alaire's role, right? The, the, we didn't see him become that work for it. 
Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a really nice rookie season. I don't think he had that dynamic of a season that had him going late in the first round in drafts last year. And we saw with, with, with the signings they made, you know, I really think McKinnon has a role here. I, I do don't too. think it's just as a handcuff to Hilaire. And let's I, look at Andy Reid's history when he had Shady McCoy, right? Right. He still had Darren Sproles, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't, wasn't Darren oh, yeah. Sproles was yeah. right there. Definitely got plenty of work out of the backfield, and I see no reason why he wouldn't couldn't do the same thing because I don't think Hilaire is a shady McCoy, number one. So I think that it actually opens just as much opportunity for McKinnon if he's healthy. Right, yeah. I, I think it's there. And what you see, Andy Reid likes to use multiple backs. He likes to use different backs in obvious passing situations. And I, I think McKinnon fits that bell. You know, we saw him bring Le'Veon Bell in midseason last year to sort of fill this role. And Bell's a knucklehead and it didn't work out. But I think he's looking for that for McKinnon. All right, last one, Rick, and we'll get out of here. Here's another. I think – we always blame New England for being the messiest running back situation in the league, but I think Pete Carroll in Seattle is trying to catch up with them. So coming out of the preseason game last week, DJ Dallas, 69 total yards. How big are you on DJ Dallas? That's a pretty cool name, though. I do it, like it is that. a really nice name. And, and, you know, wouldn't it be cool if he played for Dallas? Man, DJ yeah. Dallas on Dallas. That, that'd be that'd be an overkill. Really? That's an overreach. Yeah. I wonder if DJ stands for Dallas. Well, it's Dallas actually spelled D E E J A Y, oh, right, so yeah. I don't think it stands for yeah, anything. Yeah, that's true. It could have just been you know they like to spell things. I don't know. Yeah, just phonetically. Yeah, yeah I don't know. But look, it, to me, it's still Carson. Um, I'm never really high on him. Does it feel like, for whatever reason to you, that Seattle isn't sold on Chris Carson when everybody that's watching says, yes, this guy is an every down back. He's going to get nicked up, but he's an every down back, and they're always looking for the next guy. And shocker, hold on to your seat, Rick. Rashard, DJ Dallas got all this work this early in the game because Rashard Penny's injured. Shocker. I yeah, they're not Calm down. Just, yeah. I, I know you weren't Woo. prepared for that. <laughs> I, he was my number one pick overall. Yeah. Jeez. But, no, it, and you're right. They have not had a guy really since Sean Alexander. No. Right? I mean, seriously. Yeah, he just fell off the table after that record-breaking season and – well, in my opinion, they've had the guy in recent years, well, yeah. Chris Carson, but it feels like for whatever reason, they're not sold on him. That's where I still think DJ Dallas is the handcuff to Chris Carson. If you draft Chris Carson where you have to dress him, I think you need to handcuff him, but it's not going to be Penny. I think it's going to be DJ Dallas, and with Car Chris Carson out, DJ Dallas is going to have nice games. I don't think he gets much work absent that. I think, in my opinion, DJ Dallas is simply a handcuff. I think actually Penny could threaten the record of preseason hype by the oh media only to let everybody down yet again oh, because it, it's always every year Rashad Penny looks great and, and there is still a faction of fantasy Twitter who won't quit Penny they won't they were in right. on him in the rookie year and they're not going to let him go that's why you please stay stick with the asylum yeah. we're, we're stupid but we have common sense <laughs> <laughs> can, is, can you do that <laughs> of course oh, all right yeah. well 
I don't think we can expand on that anymore or do that any better. So let's get out of here, let you all go enjoy your weekend, let Rick sober up. Maybe we can get him home from the studio before I have to call him an Uber. So thanks so much for listening. Of course, you can follow the show at us or at Chaos and Disorder on Twitter. We don't have the at Asylum Football anymore. AsylumFantasySports.com for this and of the back catalog of Chaos and Disorder. If you're not listening to that, shame on you. We'll be back next week, same time, same channel. Until then. If you have questions, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Indeed. Get them in. We'll see you. Because ya. it's draft time. We'll see you. Take care.